Welcome to part two of this epic conversation with my homegirl, Raddy Devlukia Shetty, on Women of Impact. And of course, if you've listened to part one of this episode, then guys, you already know that this conversation with my girl, Raddy Devlukia Shetty, is a freaking game changer for all of the people-pleasing women out there that need a bit of hope and inspiration and wake up to their inner freaking badass. Now, the conversation continues with Raddy as we talk about how terrible we are at listening to ourselves. Yes, we are, guys. Let's just admit it. And sometimes we low-key wait for someone else to come and save us. Now, don't worry, though, because these tips are about being your own freaking woman and staying in or developing your freaking power. So let's dive into the second part of this convo today, where we discuss better ways to respond and stand strong when everyone has an opinion, everyone has an opinion, but no one actually has a clue about the future that you're trying to build. I know how it feels. I have built my confidence from absolutely nothing with being petrified to make a move or make a change. And yet I still keep going. And how did I do it? with tips, with talking about the real stuff and discussing with my homies and my wonderful, amazing freaking guests that I have on the show, Women of Impact, so that we can actually all not stay stuck, so that we can all build our confidence step by step, tip by tip, action by action. And so guys, if this episode or the show or myself bring you any value, I do ask drop in a comment or leave a rate and review. I know that we all ask this on podcasts, but you have no idea how much it actually makes a difference to spread the word so that we can really, on a global freaking scale, start helping any woman out there that's struggling. So please leave a rate, leave a review. And now let's just dive in and get real with my girl, Raddy Devlukia Shetty. That's beautiful. And then going back to the purpose, right? Is that, okay, this book actually is going to serve people. Exactly. Um, because I mean look I do a show called Women of Impact so you know I freaking empower women all the time and I've taken my husband's name and I love that I've taken his name and even God where it's Christmas time and me and my family all his family got together my family got together and there's I love Tom sitting at the head of the table now my mother-in-law seemed a little tripped out by that and I think because I'm very much all for female empowerment I was like I love seeing Tom at the head of the table and I love sitting next to him like on the side and I really had to process. I'm like, oh my God, am I going against like, yeah. my, 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 my female homies here? Yeah. And I was like, actually, no, go back to the root of how you feel, Lisa. Because there are some expectations that have been put upon women that I vehemently disagree with. Mm-hmm. Vehemently. Mm-hmm. You should never have to do anything. No. Right? And so I very much believe that. But I didn't do it because I had to. And so I had to kind of go back to grounding myself mm. on how I feel about a certain situation and then being proud of it. And it not being a reflection of me being a weaker person person that I really struggle with for a bit because I'm like oh my god does that make me weak and I was like no actually I saw my dad sit at the head of the table and I freaking loved it and so seeing my husband there I love it and I it doesn't diminish my confidence it doesn't diminish how I feel about myself and I think that those are the the differences right and Mm -hmm. you not taking his name or taking his name or me you know having Tom at the head of the table I think it comes back down to how do you feel about that situation? And are mm-hmm. you doing it because of an expectation that's been put on you by your culture? Because the Greeks are the same, right? The man's ahead yeah. of the table. Um, but there was this joke in my big fat Greek wedding where it was like, the man is the head, but the woman is the neck. Oh, yeah. She gets to turn the man's head any way she likes. <laughs> um, and I just love that. That's a good one, yeah, actually. I love that analogy. 
that's the thing is like, it doesn't make you weak, right? The fact that you ended up having to, it doesn't make you weak, homie. It makes you look at the same situation, go, what are my values? What is my purpose? And am I showing up in truth of my purpose? And so everything we've been talking about today with building your confidence, how do you let go of the expectations that are upon us? I think it goes back down to like, and we've said, you've repeated it so many times, is going back to how you feel authentically. Yeah, definitely. And I just think I also have learned to, and not invalidating my feelings, but I do Mm. think about this all the time, especially when I hear about, you know, getting a, the the things that happen in the world. Sometimes I'm like, okay, we can get over this a bit faster. Like, Mm. I don't need to be sitting in this for that long and things are going to happen and we have to move on from it. Like, I just think in the grand scheme of life, again, like I said, I felt it, I processed it, but I don't need to keep harping on about the same thing over and over again and I think that's really important too because I think we have it's very easy to keep feeling like victim mentality of like constantly like this went wrong and then this went wrong and and you kind of end up lacking gratitude in so much more that has happened in life and I think there's a very I've experienced people who are like that who always see the negative before the positive and I'm like we can still see negative and positive But like there has to be a balance of it's also about how you're seeing things, right? Like you can see some a whole situation and it can be completely negative or you could see like some sort of light in it and hold on to that to push yourself on and move on from it. And I just think that there is a really big danger of constantly seeing the negative because if you start seeing in your own life, you'll start seeing in other people, then you'll start seeing in every other situation and then your whole life and your whole mind becomes very entrapped in this state of constantly feeding off negativity Mm -hmm. and I think I've just really learned that does not serve me in any capacity so I'd rather just so what does that act actually look like (laughs) the act of of going okay I see the negative Mm. and now I have to pivot and see the positive so again going back to the things we've already spoken about it's easy to to almost lean towards the negative because yeah. I'm sure back in the cavemen days, right, it was like hearing rustle in, in the woods. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, it might be a tiger. Yeah. So you're, you're actually trained to look out for the negative because it used to save your life. Mm-hmm. Now in today's society, it doesn't necessarily serve you all the time. So how do you pivot in those moments? And actually, what are the habits that you do in your life to stay positive? Mm. I do, yeah, I think I think sometimes we also stay in the negative. I just want to add because because it gives us a place of like, people looking after us or thinking oh are you okay like you end up feeling more cared for when you're in a negative state Mm. and so I do think that that plays a role too like if you're someone who's always in need then usually you always have people who are coming to your rescue or coming to help you or paying a bit more attention when you're down right like that's usually what happens how do I get through it so I mean I feel like this is just the most overused word but the most powerful word is just gratitude Like, honestly, that's the only thing I can go back to every single time I feel a negative emotion in me. I go through the process of, for me, crying, which is release for me. So releasing out anything that is trapped mentally, physically or emotionally in my mind. And then I'll also write it out, like write down why I'm feeling that way or vocalize it. Like I called my sister and I was just like blubbering everything that I was feeling and thinking about that was coming to my mind, going this way and then going that way. And, you know, everything that encompasses that that situation I had to talk it out. And sometimes I'm actually someone who doesn't talk about things a lot. I will process myself. And then if there's still stuff left over, I will then share. But with this situation, I spoke about it with my 
to girls that I work with. I spoke about it with my sister. Like I felt like I needed to really talk about it to process it. So for me, it's talking about things, releasing, which is crying. Um, and then the third thing for me is then thinking about, okay, how can I see the positive aspect of this? Like what is the silver lining? What is the part of this which I'm so happy to be? Why is the situation so good for me also? And I remember this quote, which uh, someone said, which is there is like, even in the worst of times, there are still things to be grateful for. And I really do believe that. And I noticed that even when my grandma was in hospital, like every single day, I I was staying with her in hospital when she was. And it was just, God, I'm so bad with my grandma. I always cry about it. But for me, the most amazing part was being there with her every single day. And so even though it was so scary that she was there, I was able to spend a whole month, nearly a whole month, every single night sleeping with her, looking after her in the hospital. And for me, that was like so beautiful. So even when you go through things like that, I'm like the opportunity I got to serve her and be around her and spend time with her. For me, that was like the most beautiful part of it. And so yes, it was her being unwell and ill, But for me, it was like, wow, I got to spend that time with her that I would have never, ever got. I would have never taken out that time to spend with her. But that was my time to be able to serve her back for everything she's done for me. And I was like, how lovely to have that experience with her. So I guess the reason I brought that up was because even in really difficult times like that, there is always gratitude that you can squeeze out of it. And I think if I could do that in that situation, there is no way I can't do that throughout my life in so many other situations. And that's probably one of the hardest situations for me. So yeah, I think I think it's squeezing gratitude out of every everything. And even if you can't find it, there's finding perspectives from other people. Because sometimes we are in such a dark place that you can't see that. Like you can't see it because you're so deep in it. But what you can't, but usually from other people's perspective, like if I talk to you about something, I feel like every time I have spoken to you about certain things, you're like, oh my God, but how amazing is that, that you got to do this? Or how incredible that you even, you know, ev- you, another friend's perspective can also suddenly shift your own mindset. Because sometimes when you're so deep in the darkness of like, you're in the muddy and you're in the sticky parts of it, sometimes it's hard to see it. But then speaking to other people, you just gain something else. So there's there's something which um my friend said recently where she said the different she was she's been through two types of grief in her life and one of them was um her dad who passed away when she was younger and then her mum who passed away recently and I said what was the difference between the two for you and she said that when her dad passed away she locked everyone off it was almost like she created this huge barrier around her and didn't allow anybody in you know, to the point where if someone said, let me hug you, she, you know, when you feel that, no, don't hug me, I'm going to cry. Like, I just don't want anyone close to me. She said, the difference was in the second time I surrendered and I just let every, so if someone said, let me cook for you, I said, yeah, of course you can. If someone said, can I give you a hug? I said, yes, of course you can. So she said that she, by allowing other people in at the times that you are feeling your worst, it almost is like, it replenishes you in so many different ways. So normally we're used to putting up guards when we're feeling so so bad or when you're not feeling great, but actually surrendering and allowing people to pour into you is also such a great way to heal and, and uplift yourself. You said, you know, you call your mom or you call your sister. Yeah. Do you think about who you're calling? Because that's the other oh, thing. Yeah. Because there are some people, there's, there's the tough love Or there's that, oh my God, everything's okay, right? Sometimes when everyone's just like, no, everything's Mm -hmm. okay, again, you then go deeper into the wallow 
Um, but sometimes it's needed, like what you said, is the surrendering. So where's that fine yeah. line between surrendering and not wallowing in the comfort that, that is given people. to you in those moments? I, I have identified my people for that. Like, mm. I, re- I know the people who will want to sit in sorrow with me. And there are also sometimes, and this is not by fault of them, them but there are people in your life who value sorrow more than they do happiness and you have to be really careful about that where it's almost like seeing someone else in a place of upset makes them feel happier because it's almost like misery wants company mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and by the way that doesn't mean those people still don't love you but it just means that that's the place that they're in and I've noticed those people who when I say something is wrong they're like so tell me more what else what's happened like and they kind of want to know because it comforts their misery and so I have like maybe three people in my life that I can go to that I know even if it's gonna feel horrible they're gonna comfort me but then they're also gonna give me the slap around the face and be like okay well this is what we need to do like we're not going to just keep talking about this if you want to keep talking about it then we need to figure out what the solution is because we're not going to just sit in repeating over and over and over again and so you only really need one person for that honestly like you need to find that one good person who's gonna who's gonna give you that time to console you but then also gonna help you come to like come back to reality and give you that solution and sometimes to be brutally honest, that person may just be you because not everybody has those people in their life. And so there are going to be times where no one around you is going to be your support system because they don't have the capacity to do that for you. There's going to be times where your friends don't have the capacity to support you. And that's why becoming that person. So I really have learned to try to start processing things by myself before I go to other people, because at the end of the day, People don't have unlimited capacity to give to you, to nurture you, to support you. And if if you're constantly, the moment you feel upset running to someone else, you're essentially counting on them to make you feel better. When actually we should be able to, we are also responsible for that part of our life too. And that's how I've taken it. I'm like, do I want to be a burden to everybody every time I feel a little bit upset? that and especially when people love you they do feel that burden a lot they're worrying about you they're 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 thinking about ways that they can fix it for you even when they may not have the capacity to do so and so for me finding ways to self-soothe just like a baby does sometimes like self-soothing is really important before you go out and expect other people to do that for you if you own your own business when an employee leaves your company whether on good terms or bad it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easier easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 
86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is the negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about? That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. Yeah, um, God, I am such a cheerleader of that. Yeah. And I started to realize like I was turning to Tom because he's my comfort. Yeah, right? I've been with course. him for 23 years. So yeah. it's like anytime there was a problem, I would go to him and God bless him, but he was the guy that's just like, he he just wants to solve it. Yeah. Right? So he goes straight into problem solving yes. mode. I'm like, I just need to Such live. a man. Yeah, yes. such yeah. a, and bless. So now we have language that we even use. He's yeah. like, do you want me to listen? Mm-hmm. Or do you want me to fix it? And then I'll pause. Like, I just want to rant, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you haven't answered yet. And I'm like, I just want you to listen. Mm. And so he's like, all right, come here. Like, I've got you. And yeah. then the second I need him to fix it, he'll be like, all right, this is what you need to do. And this is what you have to say. And yeah. this is how you have to do. You know, and he'll always be very honest. And sometimes mm. he's just like, yeah, you're at fault here and you you're the one that needs to you know go and apologize or you need to do this and so because I know I'm going to get that truth it's very comforting but to your point I realized I've got to start solving this myself I've got to be in the at the point where I know how to do it because I feel good about myself as well if I'm able to uh, course correct Mm -hmm. Um, so what are the things that you do from a health perspective and a mindset perspective? Because we, we've spoken so much offline just about our hormones yeah. and the foods we eat and how much this impacts how we feel. Mm-hmm. And um, so talk to me about what routines you do just from a health perspective so that you can stay mm-hmm. strong in these <laughs> moments of feeling sad that you have the emotional and uh, physical capability yeah. to get back up. Yeah, because it's it's not how you spend. Like I remember when I started meditating, um, that one of the teachers said it's not about how you spend those two hours it's about how you spend those other 22 hours Ooh. so like how how you're able to meditate in those two hours is going to be determined by how you're how, the life that you're living in those other 22 mm. t- 22 hours and so I see this in the same way it's like it's almost like building up it's like when you're going for a really long hike and you make sure you take all the things that you need you take your water with you you take like you prepare for it right and so we all know we're going to have those moments so how are you preparing for it in the rest of your life is going to determine how deep how low you fall in those moments and how fast you get back up and so for me the things I've noticed have worked is um I get my bloods checked at least every single year if not more and the reason I do that is because our, as women specifically, our hormone levels change so much. 
I found out I had high estrogen levels, which affects my, again, why I cry so much. Like it is part of it, being really emotional, being someone who can have the tendency to feel really upset quite fast. And all those things help me to understand that like when you end up having the knowledge it helps you to understand yourself better and not that I can blame it on that but I can be like oh maybe I am over exaggerating about this a little bit because I do have this so I know that it's not necessarily as deep or as bad as it feels right now Mm. so I would say getting because a lot of the things that we feel emotionally and hormonally are fixable and we always think that it's our mind and it's mental and it's something which is it's it's something that we can't solve because it's emotion related like People think emotions are not solvable with physical things, but actually a lot of our emotions and the way that they are affected can be physically changed based on what you're doing for your mind and what you're doing for your body. So I say get your bloods checked on a regular basis because if you're deficient in vitamins, vitamins, it affects your hormones. If you're um, low in iron or in vitamin D, it affects your mood drastically and your energy levels. If your energy levels are low, it affects your mood. If your mood is affected, you're going to cry all the time or get angry all the time. You're going to be agitated. And so when you find that out, depending on what it shows, start eating at the foods that are rich in the vitamins and the minerals that you need. Now, there are so many, um, and again, it could be boiled down to simply eating foods which have vitality in it. And in Ayurveda, they call it ajas, and they're the foods which are the most nutrient dense. Like if you're feeling a little bit dead inside, eating food that is um, nutritionally dead is going to, it's going to contribute to it, right? Mm -hmm. And so, eat foods which are filled with vibrance and vitality and vitamins and minerals that supplement your body in that way. And that's just eating a really wholesome, fresh, like fresh diet. Like start with that. Eat more fresh fruits and vegetables and things which are gonna, which have those vitamins. And again, by the way, if you end up eating um, a strawberry that's been freshly picked or close to it versus a strawberry strawberry that's been in a store for about three weeks and then made it to you and then been in your fridge for a week, the nutrient value is going to be extremely different. And so understanding that also that that even if I think I'm eating health, like healthy foods, like how um, rich are they still in the nutrients that I need in my life? And so if again, if if that's not helping, or if you're not able to do that to that capacity, take some supplements with you, like make sure every single day you're committing to taking the vitamins you need to support your mood, your energy levels and um, your vitamin deficiencies. I've started doing that again, I was really lazy with my vitamins. And in the morning, I forget. And I've started doing that for even I think like two weeks now. And I can notice it making a, like it really does support you, especially if you're that deficient in something, I'm very deficient in vitamin D. Just getting vitamin D shots has like stopped those lulls in the middle of the day. It stopped those energy drops. It stopped the feeling of lethargy and feeling a bit dull inside. Like it really does make such a difference. So, and if you don't even have, I mean, just go outside. Go outside. Get, yes, exactly. Go outside and get fresh air and, and feel. One thing I find disconnects us and, or one thing I find really affects our emotions and, um, and our energy levels is disconnecting from nature and not realizing Mm. how much we can gain from it because we're living amongst nature like we are part of it we're not living in it and we have to realize that the energy that we can receive from just being able to connect back to nature is so important like that's why our circadian rhythm exists Mm. right like we connect to the way that the sun comes up and the moon comes up and our water levels and our body levels are all linked to that and so 
as soon as you start realizing your connection with nature and living aligned with it, again, sleeping when like the, you know, sleeping as close to when the sun goes down as possible is really, really impactful because you get the moon energy, which brings so much to your body. And there's just so many parts to it, but connecting back to nature simply by going out for a walk is so important. Getting fresh air is so important. And movement. The last thing I'll say is movement has been a huge part of balancing my, um, my energy levels and my hormones. And I used to think it was as high impact as possible. Mm. I would be like, I'm going to box. And I still do boxing, but I've slowed it down a lot. And one thing for women that's quite important to know is our estrogen levels actually go, um, are elevated when we do a lot of intense exercise because it's related to our cortisol level as well. And so the more stress we put our body in, it actually increases our estrogen levels. And so doing what I've swapped to is still doing workouts that make me sweat, but doing like a weight, like weight training a lot more, slow movements that are impactful, but not extreme cardio that's putting my body into a high stress mode regularly. And so I've switched my my movement to either walking 10,000 steps, which by the way, takes a long time. I just want to say I've been 10, doing it. 10,000 steps has taken me, I did like an hour and a half on the treadmill this morning while I was doing meetings and stuff. But I still need to do another like 2,000. It does take quite a while. But if you think about it, it's two hours of your day out of eight, nine, 10 hours that you're sitting sedentary. So movement, slower movements that also calm your uh, calm your uh, nervous system and allow it to re- reset and replenish, that's so important. And then sleep. I have a I have a really routine sleep. And again, if you're a mother, that's different. If you're someone that does night shifts, that's different. I was literally, so night shifts, so I really so want difficult. to hear your evening routine, but night shift, the the, um, the rate of depression on people that really? do night shifts, yeah, um, because your, your circadian rhythm is completely screwed. And then especially if you're a night shift doing inside work, like stocking shelves, so now you're not even outside, it's like a double whammy and people yeah. don't realise mm-hmm. how much that contributes. And that's why I think mothers are so depleted because you're, you're never getting into your your full cycle of sleep and so you're not necessarily getting all the REM sleep that you need and so like giving women grace when they're especially with newborns like oh my god but then understanding what's happening because I think that that's a big key if like if you don't know what's happening and now like they're trying to get sleep in between naps and things like that or even if you're not and you're just a woman who is on on the grind right and you're really yeah, trying to build something yeah. and so you're working really hard and so you you sacrifice your sleep it's like oh my god they, you don't realize what knock-on effect that's going to have in three months six months to how you feel about mm. yourself and now you've worked so hard for something but you actually don't feel great because you're not getting your sleep and when you sleep is when you're not only does your mind process things that's why you end up feeling so forgetful if you don't sleep enough because mm. that's when your mind is also processing processing and storing information it's also when your gut is um gets the opportunity to rest before it starts digesting it's also the time that your nutrients are assimilated into your muscles and your tissues like there is so much that during this restful time that your body gets to do and if it misses out on that it's affecting your gut your brain um your energy like when I don't get sleep I can't lift as much at the gym mm. I can I can barely like walk for uh, you <laughs> know walk to the gym <laughs> yeah exactly um and so all of those things and again this is obviously it's just such a living a holistic life what does that mean it means looking after each compartment of your life mm. in like and being mindful of each compartment of your life and look there are going to be times where women are hustling and they just can't look after every part and so know that for six months I am going to have to compromise 
on this amount of sleep. But then that means in these areas, I'm going to make sure I am boosted. And so, yes, you can't be 100% in all of these areas of your life in one go. It's really difficult to do that. But decide which one you you are okay with compromising and then make sure those other areas are really solid. Um, and that can stop you from, you know, since I've started really focusing on those areas, my immune system is so much stronger. My gut is so much better. My sleep is so much better. And and the way that I deal with emotions and the way that I am able to bounce back after having low moods and low periods, even though I still have high estrogen levels and still I'm prone to it, it's helped me in those moments to be like, you know what, I've got this. Like I've got, my body has the capability to deal with it. Oh God, I love that. And then um, I assume that knock on effect really does then show up on how you show up every day, like having the confidence to go on stage recently sure. and then write a book and all of these if things. You're, if your nerves are out of whack and you are, and you're not, I always think of nerves as being like your, I don't know, I always think of it as your your baby self, right? Like if your nerves are not not well soothed and and feel safe, and again, all of these things allow that part, then in the moments of fear, you are going to want to hide. You are going to want to take shelter and you're going to want to stay in your comfort zone. You're going to be protecting yourself because every other part of your life feels so up in the air. And so if if I always think about it in this way, if you're able to discipline yourself in one area, it usually helps seep into all the other areas. If you start going out of whack in one area of your life, it slowly seeps into all the other areas of your life. And so I, I, I've i noticed that where I, if I commit to one thing in one part of my life, it builds up confidence and, and helps me to do the same in every other part. We've gotten so used to putting our health into other people's hands and tuning out completely and being like, hey, I'm so like literally giving all of our power away to everybody else around us when it comes to our health. And we're like, oh, this Instagrammer said that this is what helped them. I'm going to do this. This person, this doctor told me that I should do this for my body. I'm going to do this. But there is, even if you're not a health professional, you live inside your body. You know when you eat something and it doesn't sit well in your stomach. You know when you do something and it makes you feel good two, three hours later. Like you, there is signs that your body gives you day in, day out to tell you I'm happy. I'm not good. I'm feeling unwell. Um, this didn't work well for me, but you have to take the time to tune in and listen. And that's what we are lacking because we're waiting for everyone else to tell us what we should and shouldn't be doing. So I'd say more than anything, start listening to your body and what your mind is telling you and go from there like start from scratch and start actually listening yeah god i was listening to doctors for yeah. so long when i had such bad gut issues and in listening to the doctors they were telling me to try this try that and they can I only was, tell you from theory right yeah yeah and i was like well they must know yeah and so the fact i want to like slap myself in the face the fact that i was listening to professionals over my own body like i'll never do that again but going back to like if you've been doing that your whole life you don't know where to start no. so what i did is like you know what instead of listening to everybody else i just need to start listening to myself nice. so i just started taking inventory again and i had a food diary and at the end of every evening for about like six months, six months, homie, I was riding every day. I woke up at this time. Wow, I had a bowel movement that's... at this time. How many times did I pee? What did I eat? At what time did I eat? How did I sleep? And I literally every day just started taking inventory and I started to realize patterns. Mm. And so the patterns were huh, interesting. Every time I had to shoot, so this was actually before Women of Impact when it was just Tom's show. And so I was executive producer. It was every time before a shoot. <laughs> 
I would have the worst gut. And I was like, huh, is that stress? Okay. Oh, I was eating while I was stressed. Oh, what if I don't eat while I'm stressed? Would that make a difference? And so I started now, like every dinner time, I'll stop and eat my dinner in peace. I'll stop work. I'll go back to work after, but I'll just stop. So it allowed me to take control. And then the next thing that I realized was um, eat eating three hours before bed because mm. to your point is your gut just slows down it does and so i was eating at like 8 30 and then i was going to bed at nine o'clock he's not being digested properly yeah so i was waking up with stomach cramps mm. and so just by if anyone's listening at home like and they're fine just start taking inventory and yeah. start to, and then it made me start to listen to my body because i had to write it down mm-hmm. so in writing it down it's like, oh how do i feel oh i actually feel better today exactly and that allows you to take your power back it does and even if you know some things that i find really useful about devices now like i don't love wearing a lot of devices that monitor me too much like i find them like unnecessary rays that i probably don't need in my mm-hmm. body but for short periods of time i do do it like i'm doing it right now and so i will I will assess my body um, knowing like what my sleep is like just taking again inventory right but there are tools now that we can use like even if you don't want to do all this all the work there are things that we can use I'm using this thing um, right now it's called Lumen have you seen it before oh, yeah. I, I saw it on I was just I was intrigued because um, it's basically this thing where you measure your in the morning it's a breath thing and it tells you in what state your body is in whether it's like metabolizing fat or carbohydrates mm. or whatever it's metabolizing in the morning and what it what it's been teaching me is I normally finish eating by 6 30 p.m like that's my cutoff when I've had things even if it's small things around eight o'clock like if I decide I want a piece of chocolate or maybe um, I end up eating a little bit later my results are so different when I end. It shows me that I'm still burning carbohydrates when I wake up in the morning, which means my body is still digesting the food versus being in fat metabolism, which is where your body should be when it's in a fasted state. Mm-hmm. And so it's been so interesting to see even the two hour difference of stopping eating at 630 and then eating again something at eight o'clock. It, I've been seeing clear signals. I've been doing it for a week and it's just shown me and shown me so much about my body and how it metabolizes things. And I think that's also helped me now make conscious decisions of what I'm eating and when I'm eating it. Sometimes you do need that information in your face of telling you, oh, I didn't get sleep. I thought I had, but I didn't get good sleep mm. today. Let me make adjustments in my evening or my morning to, to you know, help that. But um, I think we've got so many tools now, don't we, that can yeah. really help us. It's so powerful, honestly, like, I don't think, especially women, talk enough about looking after your health so that you can have the confidence in whatever Mm -hmm. you want in life. Mm -hmm. And as I started to really lean into confidence and how people, you know, the tools people can use, there is that part of where we started from, right, where it's like, say this and do this. And like, that's so freaking powerful. But if you don't feel good, you're never going to be able to do any of that. And so we dismiss the health part of it because it's hard. Yeah. It's freaking hard to what you were saying earlier, where it's like setting boundaries with your friends that you're not going to go out at midnight because you want to feel good the next day because yeah. maybe you've got yeah. something you've got to show up for. Exactly. And so anytime that we're talking about this, it, it's such a disservice that if we don't touch on the health part, mm-hmm. because it's it's the foundation oh, that then allows you to do everything else. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You're so right. If you don't have those foundations, everything is difficult. Yeah. Like everything becomes way more difficult yeah. when you don't have those things. And as women, because we have our hormones and we have our cycle, there is going to be a certain week, like I can't even remember, but I think it's like um, the week before your period is when yeah. you feel the worst. I started reading that book after you told me oh, about did it. You? In the flow. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. It, it was oh. so amazing. It was so great great to to read like 
how we get onto this other like a male's rhythm versus our rhythm and and how much of an impact it actually has on our body and now even the tool that I'm using right now it tells me like these are the foods you should be eating when you're in this phase of your mm-hmm, cycle mm-hmm. and I'm like that's really so useful to know women don't know how to change their body according to that so I found that so interesting yeah yeah great book um so now I want to talk about your morning and evening routines based oh, okay. on everything that you've learned then yeah um what are you currently doing give me step by step homie oh my gosh okay step by step morning routines i wake up and then i oh wait what time do i wake up i normally wake up around like 5 30 that's usually my like sweet spot time sometimes if i feel really well rested i'll get up a bit earlier but um usually around 5 30 no alarm i assume no, so I don't, my body wakes me up. Like it really does, but I will set an alarm, but I'm usually awake before it. Um, just in case I, I like end up missing it, but I do on weekends, even if I like, you know, I really want a lion and then I'll wake up at like six and I'm like, great, a lion. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I wake up and then I normally go to my kitchen first and I'll do hot water and I'll do either with CCF, which is like coriander, cumin and fennel seeds. Uh, you can just like boil it in the water or you can have a powder of it. That really helps. Well, it's meant to really help with your digestion and with like just detoxing in the morning before you start adding everything to your body. Or I'll do like hot water and lemon in the morning, one of them. So I do that and then I usually take that into my meditation and I say I do mantra meditation. We've spoken about this before, but yeah, I do my meditation, which is usually about an hour and a bit, hour and a half, hour and a bit. And mantra meditation for people that don't know, if you don't mind. Is, yeah, yeah. Mantra meditation. So man means mind and tra is like pretty much like to transcend. So it's essentially using words or mantras, which are um, sound vibrations. So words that are in, I use in Sanskrit, which um, help you to stay focused and and attentive during your meditation practice. So some people say the same word over and over again. I have like a small phrase that I say over and over again. Um, And then I also use everything from beads to keep my hands engaged in it. Like what I found has helped me the most during meditation is trying to engage all my senses in the practice because that's usually where we get distracted. It's like you hear something or, you know, you're you're wanting to go, you see something and, you know, you want to go fix it around your house or whatever. So finding one space even if it's just like one cushion and then trying to engage all your senses I like incense or candles that reminds my mind that that smell is linked to my meditation practice and then I'll put on some music I really enjoy like flute music or ocean music I'll put that on in the background you don't listen to Jay on calm don't listen to Jay on calm no I haven't haven't quite got there yet (laughs) apparently it's very good um so I do that and then I usually work out. So now that I have like a small team, I really want to be at work by the time they're at work. I used to work out a little bit later. So now I then from my meditation around seven-ish, I'll start to do my workouts um, and like weight training or I'll do a bit of boxing or now I started walking a lot more, which is nice. And then come back, get ready. Oh, I tried to do like I used to try and write a lot more in the morning, but now I have a section in my phone, which is like my notes page. And I just like jot down anything that has come to my mind, whether it's like a repeated thought of something that irritated me or whether it's um, a thought of like uh, something that I want to read up on or, you know, whatever has been in my mind from the night before. Mm -hmm. I I try and like notice that because it's obviously something that's stuck in my mind. So I try to write that down and then I'll kind of go back to that maybe in the evening to see you know what I want to do with it but I usually try and blur out anything so that it's kind of done and dusted to start my day fresh 
Because otherwise you find that it just kind of weighs on you. Yeah, otherwise. And also I, I just, I want to know like what is, what am I thinking about repeatedly and why am I thinking about mm. it? Um, and so I usually try and get that done. And then I start my work day. And then my evening routine is finish work by about six o'clock. Well, with the book, I've been working at all hours, but usually by about six o'clock. And then... I have this thing about I don't like using artificial light at all. I find that really, um, I like watching the sun go down. I appreciate, and obviously in winter it's quite difficult, but I've started using a lot more candles or like using dim lights or, you know, trying to use as much natural light as possible because I do find that it really does affect your circadian rhythm about like putting, like really kind of throws it off about knowing when it's light outside and when it's not. And also, Actually getting light in from the moon and the sun is such a beautiful part of um, creating that rhythm within your body. So I really try to do that. I normally try and go outside during the time of sunrise because I really appreciate having that moment of like the switch of energies from morning to evening or like day to night. And then um, I'll eat by 6.30. So cook my meal. And then it's either, depending on how we're feeling, reading watching something that we want to wind down with but everything is usually done by about like nine o'clock and then I'll start my like skincare routine I love having oh we were talking about this earlier I have this little thing on the floor when I'm brushing my there's so much I do during the moments of brushing my teeth Mm. so I'm brushing my teeth and at the same time I have a marma mat on the floor a marma mat is a pressure point mat and it's so good because you can just step on it while you're brushing your teeth for those like three minutes or whatever. And it really helps with circulation in your body and helps with the lymphatic drainage of your body. So it's so simple. You can just add it into your morning or evening routine, but you're just stepping on it. And then tongue scraper. Everybody who doesn't use a tongue scraper, you don't know what it feels like to have a clean mouth. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Mm. Tongue scrapers are so important. They're a part of like my culture. I've used it since I was really young, but it's an Ayurvedic um thing as well it's basically a metal brush which you use a metal like rod I guess and you're scraping your tongue and it really helps to get rid of a lot of the the bacteria that's accumulated on your tongue and they say that your tongue like when you go to an Ayurvedic doctor they'll look at your tongue first because a lot of disease is shown just by the way that your tongue is yeah so using a tongue scraper is very important then I love a good skincare routine at night just like a bit of self, like, I think, I think little moments of self-love throughout the day are really important. And for me, an evening like skincare routine does just that. Cause you're also like, there's something about, you know, we love being hugged by people, but also doing that for yourself. So whether it's giving yourself like a little massage with oils or, um, a little massage on your face, you know, using scents that you love to help soothe you into the evening. And then the last thing I do, which has been really impactful for me, as soon as I get into bed, I do a body scan. And I love doing this. It's been so great because you do not realize where you are holding tension throughout the day. You really don't. Trust me when I say this, because when you do this practice, you'll realize you go through each body part and you basically say, relax, like you tell that part of your body to relax. And the amount of time I've noticed that my jaw is so tight or that my shoulders are actually up here and they need to be down here uh, or that I'm clenching at like even my calves or my knees, like so many places that I notice that I'm just holding on to so much. Even in my fingers, they'll be like sometimes because I've been on my phone and stuff, they'll be like stuck like this. (laughs) Um, Not really, but you know, I mean, you feel that tension in your hands. And so just creating that moment of lying down and working your way through. It can take literally like two, three minutes of just going through your body parts. But that's been beautiful to just get into that that restful state. And then and then I fall asleep like a baby. Dude, I love the body scan stuff. Right? Yeah. Like I remember when I was like, God, I'm really finding it hard to fall asleep. Why am I? And I was like, oh, 
actually am able to fall asleep when I scan my body. Yeah, exactly. Because it actually prevents my mind from wandering. Mm. Because I start to go to like, inevitably, like I beat myself up over something that happened yeah. that day or like, Thinking oh my God. Thinking about what you have to do tomorrow. Yeah, or like, yeah. okay, you've got to remember this. There's always, my mind's just always wandering. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, we go back to your body, go back to your body. And the the whole scanning, I was always like, oh wow, my my I'm forehead. My forehead, I'm yes. fine all the freaking time. And my jaw. Same. Those were the two things that I'm like, I had no idea that I was just holding on to so much tension. Yeah. So it allowed me to then fall asleep. It does. It's such a it's such a great tool to, if you can't fall asleep, to help you fall asleep, mm-hmm. but also to help you get into that state of like being more present in that moment to allow you to fall asleep. So your mind doesn't wonder for sure. What about your body temperature? Um, Do you set the room to a certain Oh, colder. Yeah, yeah, always below 77. So normally at like 69 I like it a good 69. Yeah. But then like I wake up in the morning, I'm like, God, it's so cold in here. But <laughs> for sleep, I find that really helps knock me out. Being there's, like comfy and cozy in your blanket. There's these new pads now that oh. you can put on your bed that um, it detects your body temperature and you can have separate ones. So like for women, especially as you're going through hormone oh, yeah. uh, changes, especially, you can have, so Tom and I had one. It wasn't this t- high technology and I'm going to look into this one, but it sees the temperature or it knows and so it starts it helps regulate because the room temperature because I was like oh my room's always at 68 but if you're under covers which I always am like the big woolly the big comforters and I'm like it must be like 80 degrees under my duvet (laughs) (laughs) really only my face is feeling it's cold I know then you just get brain freeze (laughs) yeah but But the pad um, helps regulate your body oh, temperature as well. That's that's really good. You're right. I do get. You're right. You can still get very warm under your duvet if even if it's like fifty out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh uh-huh. god. Well, thank you so much for breaking all that of down. Of course, Mohammed. I could talk to you forever. I know it was so great. It's so great. Where can people find you and all the amazing things that you're doing with your book? Oh you got gosh, a new yes. podcast coming I out. I do. So a really good cry. A really good cry. Is that what the name? The final name. A really good cry. Um, so I have I'm Radhi Devlukia on Instagram, and then um, I also have my book, which is at joyfulbook.com. That's J O Y F U L L book.com, and my podcast. It's a really good cry. 